I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, September 10, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a lot of stuff on the docket today. We got a rope-a-dope. We got some shenanigans. We got Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew. The bases were loaded. We're going to cover the whole ball of wax. We're going to look around the horn, take a look at a bunch of different charts, a bunch of different markets, and we're going to decipher exactly what happened today and what the next likely scenario is going forward. Let's start with what jumps off the page on the daily chart. Well, we see a failure at 337.50. 337.50 turns out to be uber important. Let me show you something interesting. Here's an hourly chart, and you can see here in the hour ending at 1.30 p.m. today, they tested 337.50, had a pretty nice bounce off of it in the other direction. However, you can see the failure that occurred after the fact. However, that's not the whole story. But wait, there's more. When you look at a 15-minute chart, and this is also part and parcel to inside the numbers. This was the afternoon stuff. There was other stuff that happened earlier that caused me to take one up the keister. We'll get to that later. Let's talk about 337.50. It's really important from a larger picture perspective, but I want you to see what happened from an intraday perspective so that you can see how important it was and that the market knows that this number is important. So this candle ending at 2.15 p.m. closes at 337.39. You see what happened? They tested it. They ricocheted off. They come back down and guess what? Once they closed below it the second time, they did it here, but they immediately reversed course. They did it again, fell away, the rest is history. Where were they going if they broke below 337.50? They were going to fill the gap. We'll also get to that later. Let's talk about a different gap. We had two gaps. One was the afternoon, but one was the early morning and the yesterday gap that actually never happened. Also, what you'll see inside the numbers is that's a rather ominous sign. They missed the gap by pennies, can't fill it, fall away. Now, they didn't miss it by pennies on accident. There are no coincidences. They missed it, and we should take it as a sign. It's not the end-all, be-all until what? Right, until they got below 337.50. And even before that, you'll see also inside the numbers, 341 was uber important too. So there are stair steps along the way that give us hints along the way. If the market's bullish or bearish, did it just turn? Did it change character? All those things are prevalent on the chart and we can see them number by number. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit out over the skis. We'll come back to some of this stuff when we talk through inside the numbers. Let's stay with what happened on the daily chart. So we were talking about the gap that was missed. What am I talking about? Well, you have a gap here, and the gap is at 342.57 on the daily chart. And when you look at it on the hourly chart, it's 342.61. Now, it looks like they hit it here, but they didn't hit it. It looks like it because the line is thick. So the high in this candle here is 342.53. 
the gap is official at 342.61, so they missed it by pennies and they traded away. That's an ominous sign. They didn't miss it by pennies by accident, by coincidence. They missed it on purpose. And by the way, that high here of, what was it again, the 342.53, that still didn't satisfy the daily chart gap at 57. So either way, they still missed the gap. And look what happened. They came all the way down to fill what we'll call the counter-argument gap, the southern gap. And this gap was also at a price of 335. We talked about 335 inside the numbers long before they got there, but you didn't know that 335 was on the table until 337 was breached and closed below. That's just the way I look at the market. Maybe somebody else knew that it was coming long before that. I just do it the way I do it. Let's go farther. What else on the daily chart stands out? Well, a couple of things. The moving averages. We're below the 20 three days in a row. So that's meaningful to me. We're hovering above the 50. Now they're coming into the 50 period moving average that was missed the other day. We traded away. They looked like, and that's the rope, a dope, shenanigans, trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Looked like they were going to trade higher for another day or so at least. And they flip it around. And now they're hovering right above the 50 again. Now in case or unless this was some kind of secondary rope, a dope, they should now come below the 50-period moving average. Now, let's say that does take place. Whether it's through a gap down or they trade through, it doesn't really matter. What is the spot? Well, we talked about it the other day. We got some stuff going on here around 326.50, 323.40, give or take. What's that stuff? You have a gap that was not filled. It happens to coincide with the market running up into this spot. We'll call it a pivot high gets rejected a little bit, busts out. So that is, by definition, a former breakout area. Happens to be a gap. You have another one of those areas where the market ran up. 323.41 was rejected. That's the market's way of telling us that spot's important. This is a rehash of the same stuff we talked about a couple of days ago. And so, therefore, if they're coming below the 50-period moving average, is it logical that's where they might be headed? All in one shot, all in one gulp, not necessarily. But here's the thing. Here's the psychology behind some of this stuff. Or I should say, here's some of the psychology behind some of this stuff. We go back to we were in the redonkulous. Now all of a sudden, everybody's scared, or they will be by the morning if they're gapping down again. They think the rally's over, the blow-off top was a blow-off top, and now everybody's beginning to once again discuss revisiting and going a hell of a lot lower than the March lows. Now ultimately, that'll happen. The question is, is that going to happen now, or is that going to happen later? Are the Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, are they going to make everybody believe that it's going to happen sooner than later and then pull a rope-a-dope, few pies in the face, turn the market back up, and head upward at least between, let's say, sometime within the next few days to a couple of weeks, the market will bottom, and then it'll trade up again at least into or maybe even through the end of the year, through the election. Everybody thinks that the market's going to collapse after the election maybe it will but maybe not right away we'll see there's a couple of schematics we talked about them two or three times already here's one so the market runs up to the blow off top that we've already seen pulls back we're in the pullback phase now could have been over the other day not necessarily 
Maybe it's over in a week or so. Maybe it's over in two days. We don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point. Following that, you have another leg higher. Maybe it's a C leg that goes higher than the blow-off top. That's possible. Maybe it's what they call a truncated move. It'll come up short of the prior top they just made and then fall away. That's scenario number A. Scenario number B is the one that looks like this. We run up to the blow-off top that we just had and the market absolutely unravels in full and we have debacle 2020 2.0 on our hands. Is that possible? Absolutely it's possible. How do we know the $64,000 question? Well, here's what I can tell you. We're going to use the 100 period and the 200 period moving average as a gauge. I have a number. I'm not giving the number out here, but I know a number that I believe if they close below on a daily basis just one time, maybe two, I think that'll set off all the mechanisms that are going to begin to open the trap door. Now, think about this for a second. It's a long way from where we are down to 315, 310, something like that. So there's a lot going on even before they may decide to open up the floodgates. You see my point? They could make it look like it's going to be a debacle right to the point when they get everybody out of the pool. They bring everybody right to the edge. Then you wake up the next day, there's a rip-your-face-off short squeeze, the media assigns a reason, and life goes on. It happens over and over and over again. What's going on inside the numbers? Here's what we're going to find today. We're going to find a market that gave every indication, everything in my tool belt said they were going to fill the gap and going higher. They got me. Trick and company got me today. It's not the first time they got me, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last time they'll get me. But, given everything that was lining up the way it was, I would take the trade again a hundred out of a hundred times. It's not going to fail using the 80-20 rule, right? Under normal garden variety conditions, everything that lined up was going to send the market up to the northern gap and more. Market was bullish leading into the close. It was bullish after the close. They were eating time off the clock. We had very little in the way of stocks on the move because the market was bullish. So everything was kind of getting a float around kind of morning. Let's go ahead and continue on. We start with the early thoughts. The market is hinting bullish early. In fact, turning out to be bullish leading into the opening bell. Right out of the chute, I'm in the camp. They'll be going for the gap and likely beyond. Yesterday, they came up short and fell away. It's called a rope-a-dope. We had Ropadope 2.0 today, but unbeknownst to me at the time, you would think if they're up there again, then yesterday was the Ropadope and today is when they're actually going to do the thing. Made sense at the time. Moving right along. So even right leading up to the open, 9.17 a.m., they're getting stronger. The gap is on the docket, yada, yada. So you're going to see that because that was the look. That was the read. That was what the market was feeding back to me. We have the awareness, Trick and Company will be lurking. I was aware they'd be lurking. But here's the thing. If you're in a trade, even if they're lurking and you don't believe you're wrong, the trade is right until it's not, and then all of a sudden it turns bad, whether you know Trick and Company's lurking or not, they're still going to get you. We had an early spot, but by the time they did the spot, it was later in the morning and they cut through it like a hot knife through butter. This is the spot we're interested in in the first, let's just say for argument's sake, 
20, 30, 40 minutes of the trading day. After that, things change, moving right along. Early on, they had a mild shakeout until later on. One stock on the move, CSIQ, hit its number. We'll take a look at that entire list after we get through with the commentary. Moving right along. And by the way, even though I was wrong today in the morning, I urge you to read the commentary, go back to the charts, see what's going on. Even if you're wrong, and here's the rub, this is why you still need a tour guide. Everybody's going to be wrong. We know that. We're in the business of trading. We're in the risk business. There are certain times when you just have to take the trade, and certain times you're just going to be wrong, and you're still going to take the trade next time. That's the way this business works. But here's the thing. Knowing where you're wrong is half the battle. Get out of the trade once you're wrong. Too many times, too many people, and we've all done it. I've done it, you've done it, Cousin Vinny's done it. The trade goes bad, and we stay in, and what are we doing? We're trading on hopium. We're hoping it comes back. Guess what? Trading School 101. First loss, best loss. First loss occurs when you know the trade is wrong for the first time. You don't stick around hoping it gets back to right. When the reason you took the trade gets wiped off the table, get out. That's how we treat it as a business, moving right along. So what you'll see in the morning is we're angling for the up move, right? Angling, angling, angling. Here it is. So check this out. I'm looking at the hourly chart. And I'm saying, all right, we got a big breakdown candle from yesterday, but we're already right back up near the top. So what's the reason they go to the top? A, to run a test, but if they're hanging out at the top, what's the market really telling us way more often than not? It's telling us if they're not getting rejected from the top, that it's building energy to bust through the top. So here was more evidence that I was essentially hanging my hat on, moving right along. By 1049, there's the appearance of a failure. The real failure begins around 340, the big fat round number. And I know the Uber failure began at 337.50, but we want to know before that. I'm not looking to take a 25, 30 point hit, right? We're looking to make a trade that makes sense. Below 341 and then below 340, it no longer made sense. 1057, below 341, and they couldn't recover. And that was it. And you saw... 341 discussed before that. So now you get into the what if, if they're going to recover, you got to get up above 340. They didn't recover. So what we'll do is we'll go through the notes again. And then what you'll see is in the afternoon, we're looking for the failure. We're looking for the gap below 337.50 on hourly close. The door is open for the southern gap. For now, we'll call it 335, give or take. At the time, you have to have a target. The target is the gap. You don't know if they're going to go two or three points lower at the time. You have to have an initial target moving right along. This is where they bounce off 337.50. You guessed it. The low is 337.50, actually slightly below that. And at the time, they did, in fact, run another test. Staying above on hourly closes, and they can begin a repair job, but getting below, and it's the gap. No change. If they give up 337.50, 335 is on the table. 334.76 would be my number. Everybody's got a number. I had my number. The gap was filled, all that stuff. You know the rest. How about stocks on the move? So we had three opportunities on the board. One hit its price objective or target, CSIQ. 28.06 was the number. There was one number. It's a one-man show. They're either going to do it at the number or they're not. Real quick, here's what happened. So the stock was getting a haircut, Canadian Solar, Closed yesterday at $30.97. Getting the whack job 
and they came into the number, spiked it through a little bit. The low was 27.93, below the big fat or small fat round number of 28. And then what happened is they had what we call a rocket ride. Forget the fact they went lower later, doesn't matter. Anybody picking it up right out of the gate early in the morning at 28.06 is not sticking around after they take it up to 29.50, which is about or over a 5% bounce off the number in a matter of minutes. That's a gift. We say thank you and we move on. Doesn't matter what happened later. And by the way, you think these numbers are important? What was the high at the end of the day? Right into the closing bell. Let me move this over to make sure that you can see it, that it's in the picture. The high was $28.07. Know thy numbers. They went back to run a test from underneath the number. The number is important. The number is not necessarily support. It's not necessarily resistance. The number is important. It's support or resistance depending on which way price is traveling. How you doing? So that was a really nice trade right out of the gate. Yours truly took the trade, but yours truly got a big fat pie in the face with the S&P trade. By the way, let's talk that through a little bit. So here's where we are. You know the routine, right of the vertical today's activity. So what do they do? They gap up and they start eating time off the clock, challenging yesterday's highs. What couldn't they do yesterday? They couldn't fill the gap. Look how close it was, multiple times. They couldn't fill the gap yesterday and they couldn't, and I shouldn't use the word couldn't. I should use the word didn't. They could have, they didn't. So the trade was, I'm waiting for them to bust through, and the fact that they tried yesterday, recocked the gun a little bit, came back today for a second helping under normal garden variety conditions. They're not going to stop at the gap. They're going to go higher. So that was the trade. It was very logical. It was very simple. It was very wrong. I know I spent a lot of time harping on the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew and this trade and all that stuff, but in reality, I want everybody to understand when I take a hit, it's not for a hundred bucks. I took a hit just like everybody else. It hurts. I'm pissed. But here's the point that I want to make. You don't deviate. Nothing different happens tomorrow because I took a loss today. I don't trade differently. I don't take different trades. I don't stretch it. I don't take more risk. I just get right back to business. And you got to look at it like this way. If I owned a restaurant and I had a power failure and I lost a bunch of food, who's that on? It's on me. I take the loss. You move on. You're not changing the menu as a result of that. You're just moving on. And yes, it was more than I made on the CSIQ trade. Of course, that's the way it works. It shouldn't, but that's the way it worked today. By the way, what's the other side? We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. We talked about the downside. We talked about a lot of negative activity today. We talked about potentially going lower into, let's just say tomorrow, into early next week. What happens if they turn it around? What happens if they gap up tomorrow? What are we looking at? 337.50. That's going to be still the bogey. What about Camp IWM? Remember, it's in a different position than the SPY. So they were riding the 50-period moving average, now gave up the 50-period moving average on a closing basis today. For the second time in three days, they're going lower. That's the read. That's what this market or this chart is saying. It's a bearish, wedgish kind of thing. Same as the SPY. We didn't say it before, but that's the case. Where are they likely heading to from a target perspective? And where would we find some buyers? 
anywhere between around 148 and this 200 period moving average, 145 and a half, give or take. Somewhere in that neighborhood, you're going to get an emergence of buyers. How do I know that? Well, I don't know that, but that's what will normally happen under normal garden variety conditions. This goes back to you don't do anything different today because something bad happened yesterday. The equal weight S&P index, RSP, no new information here. It's pretty much as advertised as expected. The SPY was down today. This was down. They were down basically on par with one another. Move it along. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Again, now all of a sudden, you got the bearish, flaggish, wedgish thing going on, riding the 20-period moving average. Yesterday, they tried to move up. If they had a continuation move today, they would have challenged the breakdown candle high, and they would have been at new highs. That didn't happen, so instead, you have a different case. You open it up, what's the case? The case is a bearish, flaggish, wedgish thing. If there's a trapdoor scenario and a debacle in the market, they're going to get this thing all the way under 10,600. Not all in one shot, not all in one candle. I'm just saying that would be an interesting target. And by the way, it looks like there'll be a necessity to do a weekend video this weekend, and therefore we'll take a look at some of the longer-term charts. It'll be interesting to see what kind of close we get for the week, so we'll find that out after Friday's close. Any new information in the queues? No. They're going to give up the 50-period moving average unless they have a quick turnaround on Friday. If this thing gets going, 258, 259 in that neighborhood is likely where it's going to be heading, 260, 259, 258. I'm giving ballpark numbers. Financials, here comes 24. You should get some buying activity at 24. If you see 23, any point in the next couple of days, you can pull out the third hand and make some purchases, buy in with three hands at 23, sooner than later. That doesn't apply two weeks from now. It applies like by next Wednesday. Should get at a minimum of a pretty wicked intraday move off of 23. May not happen the same day, but it should happen rather quickly. And if it doesn't, look out below. Good old smash mouth. Again, below the 50 period moving average. So you can see what's going on. Some of the stuff, some of the charts are melting the moving averages away. That's an ominous sign. It's the chart telling us these prices want to get lower. We've got an expansion of volatility. We have an election creeping closer. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff going on. We have a potential government shutdown. We have a non-agreement for stimulus stuff. All that stuff ends up getting flooded into the media because they're looking for reasons when the market goes down. They have to hang their hat on something. So what happens is it actually perpetuates. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they keep talking the market down, people get scared away. They capitulate. The more people that sell, the more the markets go down. Once the selling is done, the markets flip around. That's the way a correction works. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss, so we will use this opportunity to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.